This is The Guardian. Hey, before we get started, I want to let you know that during the federal election campaign, you'll have two full story episodes in your feed each day. Every afternoon, I'll be interviewing Guardian Australia's political editor, Catherine Murphy, or another member of our Canberra team about key issues driving this election. We're calling it the Campaign Catch-Up, and the first episode will be available today at 4pm. I'm Jane Lee, and this is The Full Story. Jess! Uh-uh! Okay, she's stopped. I'm sorry, I'm having a work-from-home day, and my, my dog, Jess, is barking, so I apologise if she barks <laughs> okay. in the background of this. As medical editor of Guardian Australia, Melissa Davey is used to getting questions from her friends, family and colleagues about COVID. I'm currently grappling with a lot of questions about COVID testing from my colleagues. (laughs) My advice is usually talk to someone qualified like a doctor, but (laughs) the, the questions seem to be around why am I testing negative to COVID despite everyone around me testing positive? Australia's vaccination rate is now sitting at more than 85%. It's one of the highest in the world. And while we're still seeing tens of thousands of new cases every day in some states, the way COVID's presenting in our highly vaccinated population is changing, with vaccines reducing symptoms and the risk of spread. Today, feel sick but COVID negative? Here's why. It's Monday, the 11th of April. Mel, I want to pick your brain on this, why some people get COVID and the people they live with feel sick but don't seem to have it. But first, let's get a sense of the bigger picture here, because it feels like the pandemic started three lifetimes ago. What's your lay of the land right now, Mel? Are things getting better? It's always tough to answer those questions, isn't it? Because it depends on who you are, where you're working, what your situation is, whether you've got COVID as to how you feel about the situation at the moment. But overall, I think the fact that we have such a high uptake of vaccines, we still have among the highest vaccination rates in in the world. And the fact that we are living relatively normally compared to where we were um, a couple of years ago, where there were lockdowns and so much uncertainty about treatments and when vaccines would be available, I think that things are definitely in a much better place now overall. I mean, it definitely feels like by now many of us have either had COVID or know someone who's had COVID before, and it feels like we're getting pretty good at getting tested and isolating ourselves if we're feeling sick. But as you mentioned at the start, a lot of people are starting to notice this weird thing where one person tests positive for COVID in a household, and then people that they live with develop common COVID symptoms like fatigue or a sore throat but they end up testing negative multiple times. Yeah, I'd seen a couple of people on Twitter tweeting about this. Um, More if, for example, their kids had tested positive for COVID and then um, maybe someone else in the family developed some symptoms but repeatedly tested negative. That should be good. Just... uh... Test one, two, three. COVID, COVID, COVID. (laughs) Yeah, actually, one of our Guardian colleagues, Alison Rourke, said she experienced this recently. So my husband tested positive And over the next two or three days, my kids and I uh, all had the same symptoms. We uh, were very tired, had a bit of a sore throat, a bit of a sniffle, nothing serious. But we continued to test negative the whole time on rat tests. And all three of us tested negative on PCR tests as well. Yeah, okay, great. That's all we need, I think. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, this is happening to everybody all across Sydney, I think. (laughs) 
It seems kind of strange hearing about this, given we know particularly how contagious the most recent Omicron variant has been. Do we know why this is happening? Yeah, so it is important to note that though it is highly infectious and more infectious, um, it still doesn't mean that every single person will get it if they come into contact with someone with COVID. So as a result of some of the discussions we were having about testing, I decided to speak to the Director of Public Health Pathology at New South Wales Health Pathology, Professor Dominic Dwyer. And one of the things he said was that even though you're right, the Omicron variant is more contagious, especially compared to other variants like the Delta variant, doesn't mean you'll definitely get it. He said that about 40% of household members will pick up the virus if they're living with someone who is COVID positive. Only 40% of household members will pick up the Omicron variant. That seems pretty low for such a contagious variant. Yeah, I mean, there's always caveats to add around these statistics. So there's lots of different variables in household arrangements. You know, how many people live in the house? Um, One house might have more space and more rooms to isolate in. There's all different kinds of living conditions we have. So it's not like there's a 40% chance in your household that you'll contract it. This is just kind of based on general population data and studies that have been done. But Generally, we are seeing evidence that it's fairly common and fairly likely that it's not like your whole household will get sick in the face of a highly vaccinated population. You know, we do have vaccines now. We're not coughing and spluttering as much generally because we're protected against more severe symptoms. Not in all cases. You know, there are still people getting some quite um, nasty symptoms, but generally they're milder. And so if you're not coughing and you're not sneezing, you're not spreading the viral particles as much. So we know that the vaccines don't protect against catching the virus, but they do greatly reduce the risk. Okay, so it's likely that even if you feel like you've got symptoms, if you're testing negative, you don't have COVID. You're just sick with something else. Is it also possible, though, that rapid antigen tests are not picking up COVID? It's a bit bit of both. So um, it's possible that Because it's April, we're coming up to the winter months. Our international borders are now open. People are travelling more. There has definitely been a rise in influenza and other respiratory viruses going around. So people could absolutely be sick with something else. You know, one person in the household has COVID, someone else has a different kind of virus or cold. Testing could also be a factor. Rapid antigen tests are generally um, most accurate in certain conditions, and that means They're best when they're performed within the first seven days from when symptoms appear, but they will miss at least 30% of cases. Now, there's a a number of reasons for that. Um, It can depend on whether you administered the test right. It can depend on when you tested. You know, did you test yourself too early or too late after symptoms appeared? So um, there are a number of variables that can impact that. Okay, so there's a chance that rapid antigen tests just aren't picking up COVID in people who are experiencing symptoms. But we've also heard of people testing negative on PCR tests too, and they're meant to be the gold standard for detecting COVID. Have they become less accurate, perhaps, at picking up the Omicron variant? Yes, they're they're much better than the rapid antigen tests. Um, PCR tests are best at detecting the virus within the first 10 days of developing symptoms, um, with earlier testing increasing the likelihood of detection. But they're very good even at picking up just the smallest amount of genetic material of of the virus in the body, and their accuracy is upwards of 90%. Um, And again, it can be higher depending on different variables. 
So Dr Lucas de Toka, who is the COVID-19 Primary Care Response First Assistant Secretary for the Federal Department of Health, says that PCR tests are good at detecting different variants of COVID as well. So there's no indication at all at the moment that their detection against Omicron is reduced at all. Um, but the efficacy of COVID-19 tests is always under review. So overall, rapid antigen tests are still good. The PCR tests are much better but we will always miss a small percentage of cases, even with PCR tests, because no test is 100% perfect. I've also heard it suggested that maybe it's got something to do with the level of viral load in a person. So can you explain what viral load is and how this could affect whether or not you get a negative COVID test result? Yeah, so what vaccines do really well is they stop the virus from replicating in the body. So you have less viral particles in your body. So the viral load refers to the amount of the virus, basically, that is being replicated in the body. So a low viral load means that the virus is not replicated as dramatically. You have fewer virus particles. And if you have that low viral load, Sometimes PCR tests can give a false negative result, though they're pretty um, sensitive to even small amounts of viral material. But also you could just have something else that's not COVID. You know, you could have the flu or something like that. So, of course, people who have been vaccinated are much more likely to produce low viral loads and have milder symptoms or no symptoms. And sometimes, um, Professor Dominic Dwyer said, Household contacts may have cleared the virus from their system already, even if they've got mild symptoms. So what often happens is um, one person gets more, you know, prominent symptoms. They get a test for COVID, whether that's a rapid antigen test or a PCR test. They test positive and that prompts everyone else in the household to, to then get tested. And maybe some of those people did have very mild symptoms that didn't even, you know, prompt them to get tested. Um, and it's just at, at a point of their virus now where it's just not being detected on tests. They've cleared it from their system. Right. So it's possible that even if you think you've got symptoms resembling COVID, you're potentially not testing positive because you're actually sick with something else or you've already cleared the COVID from your system. I think people get very tied up to a, a diagnosis, a, a definitive cause of their symptoms, because we have had so much emphasis over the past two years on testing, on isolating, on, you know, knowing whether you've got COVID, reporting whether you've got COVID. And it can be very difficult to move away from that thinking or to move away from thinking that your symptoms are COVID related. Right. And so if some tests aren't picking up infections because people have just had a low viral load and a high level of immunity because they're vaccinated, does that then mean that there are some COVID cases that are just going unreported? Yeah, of course, we are definitely underreporting the number of COVID cases because lots of people won't even have symptoms. They won't even know they've got it. And that's the case for pretty much any illness, right? You can never know 100% of people who have a particular disease or illness. But we are testing more for COVID than any other virus. So our monitoring for COVID is excellent. Even by world standards, you know, we're doing a really good job in Australia. So even keeping in mind that cases will be missed, we have a pretty clear picture of what's going on. So Dr. Lucas de Toka, again, the COVID-19 Primary Care Response First Assistant Secretary, that's a mouthful of a title, isn't it? Um, <laughs> he was saying that we have really good screening going on now in Australia. And what screening aims to do is to kind of detect what's going on in the community. So, for example, he said that children are being tested in many schools twice a week as part of a surveillance program to identify hidden transmission and pick up cases in, in high-risk settings. 
And those high-risk settings are places where lots of different people are mixing. You know, you've obviously got parents and kids and teachers and carers and all of those people mixing in one place. And also other high-risk settings like hospitals are part of this surveillance testing where they're getting tested twice a week. And that's been identified as a pretty good amount of testing to pick up any hidden transmission. So this is different from testing symptomatic people where you get symptoms and you get a test and the aim is finding out is COVID the source of infection and then containing it or isolating, making sure you don't see anyone or visit anyone vulnerable. It wouldn't be feasible if we had population-wide, twice-weekly PCR testing for every single person. It wouldn't be cost-effective. It's also just not necessary given where we're at in Australia, doing a relatively good job of treating the virus, containing the virus, protecting people against the virus. So this screening combined with testing for people with symptoms are enough to give us a really good overall picture of what's going on, even if we're not detecting every case, which would be impossible anyway. Next, are we moving to a new COVID mindset? As with everything in this pandemic, there's a lot of uncertainty still, and we just have to kind of assess the risks as best we can. So what do the experts say is the best thing to do if you're a close contact of someone who tests positive for COVID and you feel sick, regardless of whether you end up testing positive yourself? Yeah, the public health guidelines say that either way, close contacts of a COVID case need to isolate for seven days from the first household contact testing positive. So you don't need to repeat this self-isolation if another person in your household then tests positive during your seven days of self-isolation or in the 14 days after your isolation period ends. So even if you don't test positive for COVID but you've got symptoms, well, you're isolating anyway, so that's a good thing. Rules around what is considered a close contact does change between the states and territories and over time as the situation changes as do isolation guidelines, so always check your local state or territory health department website for for the very latest advice. But Professor Dwyer said that while sick people may be concerned about making sure their diagnosis is accurate, particularly if they're living or working with vulnerable people like the immunocompromised or elderly, it's just a good idea to isolate and stay home from work anyway if you're unwell, even if you don't know what the cause is. And if your symptoms do get worse you will go to a doctor, you will call nurse on call, you will get that extra advice. So it's not like not having that that diagnosis should affect your treatment. Absolutely. It's impossible to know anything for sure. But I suppose the message here, Mel, is that we should all just keep getting tested and keep monitoring any symptoms we have when we get them. Yeah, definitely. It's still important to get tested and to follow your state and territory health department guidelines. And, you know, I I can understand that people quite reasonably want to know whether or not they have COVID. You know, they they might have symptoms and their household um, contacts have been diagnosed with COVID and they just find it hard to get their head around the fact that they've got these symptoms but they're not testing positive. But I think we might need to change the way we think about COVID and also about colds and viruses, respiratory infections in general. You know, Before the pandemic, we would never have expected people to get tested on this scale for a runny nose, for example. But with COVID, because it's still relatively new in the scheme of things, um, we do. We're we're really emphasising testing. 
Um, but we've also spent the last couple of years telling people that, you know, even with the mildest of symptoms, you should get tested. You need to know, you need to isolate. You know, we were locking cities down, really quite drastic measures to contain this, rightfully contain this, because we were still not vaccinated enough. So it's a, it's a tough change of messaging, but I don't think people should get so tied to that diagnosis. If they test negative, well, if you've got symptoms, you should be isolating anyway. You shouldn't be going to work. You shouldn't be visiting vulnerable relatives, the elderly. And that's a good practice no matter what it is that you've got. Melissa Davey is Guardian Australia's medical editor. You can read all her ongoing coverage about the new research and developments in this pandemic on theguardian.com, including her story from last week, everyone around you has COVID and you have symptoms, so why are you testing negative? Which breaks down a number of possible answers to that question and the science behind it. We'll post a link to the article on the full story page. This episode was produced by Alison Chan, Jake Morecambe and me, Jane Lee. Joe Koning did the sound design. The executive producers of Full Story are Miles Martignoni, Gabrielle Jackson and Laura Murphy-Oates. Thanks for listening. Laura will be back with you tomorrow. Catch you next time.